Hey, you guys, welcome. Welcome to week two of our Working Moms panel. I am so excited we are in the bigger room. Not sure how many women are going to be coming in, but we would like very much to leave the back tables empty and have you guys move forward just because this room is deep and we'll feel a little more together. So encourage your sisters to come forward when you see them walking in. Wave to the front. Maybe we could even tip some of the chairs in the back so women don't just park in the back. You're so far away. Well, my name's Meg McKinley, and I am the women's director here. And if you were here last week, um, I got to say hello to a lot of you, but definitely want to just say, we're so glad you are here tonight. Um, welcome back to those who came last week, and welcome to those who this is your first night jumping in. Um, I definitely know that you could be doing a lot of other things on a Thursday night, so we are glad you are with us. Um, one of the things that we wanted to just kind of um, touch base on are uh, the resources that we've been um, referencing, so the PowerPoint, some of the things we'll go through tonight, the, even the audio. If you registered and we have your email, we will email those resources out to you after um, probably the next week or so, okay? So you can watch for that. And if you didn't register, write down your email address on one of those post-it notes and give it to uh, Katie or me up at this table and we'll make sure that you get that. But we did want to just kind of um, just touch a little bit on what we said last week, just as a reminder, or for those who weren't here just to hear, we are definitely um, aware that women who are working and raising children at the same time have walked different paths, have gotten to this point in their lives and their journey um, based on different circumstances and needs and giftings and callings and situations of all sorts. And we're just so excited to create a space where we can just have conversations with each other about all of the things that we struggle with as working moms, no matter what path we've walked or are walking to get there. And we're super excited because our elders and our pastoral staff wants us to start creating space for these conversations, recognizing that working moms are not often able to jump into so many of the things that are going on for moms that might have a different schedule or be available during the daytime. So we're really thankful for that. And so last week... Um, uh, Katie and Dana and I shared a little bit about our stories and some of the struggles and joys of our working mom journey. And so hopefully that kind of inspires you to share yours as well. And um, I talked about the difference in uh, knowing what a biblical command is versus a biblical conviction. And it's important to know that. Um, we talk through uh, the areas that are clear commands in Scripture, which are pursuing our relationship with God, pursuing our relationship between husband and wife, discipling our kids, and then providing for the family. And that goes into how we manage our households and manage that well. And we talked about the fact that... Um, Working outside the home as a, as a mama is a matter of conviction, and so the Bible is silent on that, but how we make those decisions requires a lot of wisdom uh, to line up with the scriptural principles. So again, if you missed any of that, we'll make that available, um, but what I want to do is go ahead and ask Katie to come up. I'll pray to get us started as she does, and then she's going to tell us more about the rest of the evening, okay? Lord, thank you so much uh, for tonight, um, for being able to come together and just uh, connect with each other and talk and share and uh, encourage each other and dive into uh, more helpful approaches to just be faithful in our journey as working moms. So will you just guide us and encourage us? And we just give you this night in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, ladies. Like uh, Meg said, welcome. Um, would love if you're not at a table that has a lot of people to like group up. Um, just because this is a bigger room, it feels bigger than last week, and we still want to like make this 
um, cozy. Um, so if you weren't here last week, I just shared what the Lord has taught me over the past five years in my journey of being a working mom. Um, the three things that the Lord encouraged me with was his design of all of us as uniquely gifted image bearers and how we're using the, the things that he's given us to bring him glory. The second thing was just his desire for us. Um, anyone working or not working is just to be faithful with where we are. Um, and so we just kind of talked about some examples of what faithfulness looks like. Um, and then the last thing was just um, um, that we are um, significant because he says so, not because of what it says after our, our name and our titles, not what it says on our business cards, but that we are significant because we are children of God. Um, and we're also not defined by what others think about us. And I shared with y'all just the deep, yucky things about me and how I just get caught up on what other people think about me. So we really hope that um, as you have just been spending time with the Lord, maybe with your husbands or your community group over the past week, maybe there have been some things from last week that you have just been mulling around inside your head. Maybe some things that you were journaling about and praying about with the Lord. Maybe some things that kept you up at night when you were thinking about them. Um, maybe you had some questions that you're like, man, I wish they would have talked about this. Or, or how do you find significance in, in who you are in, in the Lord in this situation? And so to start off tonight, we want you guys to talk at your tables. We want y'all to just talk about what you wrestled with over the last week, um, questions that you have. And like we did last time, we're going to have a scribe, someone to write down at the table, some just big picture things. So if one of your things was, man, I really wrestled with not finding significance in the letters after my name or um, what's on my business card, write those things down. And then at the end of our little time at your tables, we'll just report back. Um, so go ahead and do that. All right. I'm sorry to interrupt your conversations. I'm sure they are amazing. But we're going to, um, for the sake of time, so we're not here till 10 o'clock, we're just going to go ahead and report out what you guys were talking about at your tables. So Meg and Dana are going to run microphones. So if one person from each table just wants to raise their hand, we can just kind of popcorn around. Who wants to go first? Larissa. She's my sister-in-law, so I can call on her. <laughs> All right, you have to say your name and then what you guys talk about. Hi, guys. I'm Larissa, and we just talked a little bit about... Um, Three big things stood out. Just getting to celebrate other women and that it's not just working women, but single um, stay-at-home moms, but just the idea that, hey, at the end of the day, it's not them, us, it's all of us. Um, hearing that there isn't a right decision, I think sometimes it can feel like the church has an opinion on it. And so it was really encouraging to hear like that there isn't a right decision and that coming from the church. And then lastly, just being encouraged by other moms um, who are also just trying to find that balance of, working and taking care of kids. Awesome. awesome. All right, somebody else raise their hand. Or I'm gonna call on you, okay. <laughs> I am Kim and we talked about finding identity in our work, um, just trying to find time with kids, guilt, and then a work-life balance. Awesome. Did you have your hand or were you like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, nope. Um, I'm also Meg, and um, we just talked about um, a couple things when just choosing contentment, and um, one of the scriptures that was shared is just the boundary lines have fallen for you in pleasant places, and seeing that, um, that the Lord knows where we are, and he sees us, and that 
He has good things for us, but we have to choose that. Um, another idea of just recognizing God's providence and just being grateful, just that overall theme of gratitude. Uh, running your race and staying in your lane, just that concept w- for us was really good and recognizing we don't want to get stuck in comparison to other moms. Um, and just the, the whole theme that Meg talked about of the biblical command versus conviction was huge. I think everybody mentioned that of how helpful that was and how we think about the framework. Awesome. Thank you. Who else? Hey. My name is Essay. And what we talked about at our table was just like a constant renewing of our minds, um, identifying our roles that are defined by Christ versus what our role is defined by the world, um, and just giving ourselves grace in the moments where we're just too tired at the end of the day, work day, to, you know, give our all and um, just kind of trusting the Lord and and just being in the midst of, like, in the midst of that storm. So, yeah, we had a lot of other talks, too, but we weren't finished, so. <laughs> There's a couple more tables. Everyone's going to go. <laughs> I, why do I feel like y'all had more time to talk than we did? Uh, <laughs> I, I, this may have just been because I let out the conversation, but I felt like we talked a lot about guilt, so it's either that guilt for... Um, wanting to stay home, even though you may have a, a good circumstance where you are, um, the guilt of using your time well when you actually are with your kids and maybe not feeling like you've succeeded in doing that, uh, the guilt of wanting to get back to work because it's overwhelming sometimes to be with those people. And uh, <laughs> I thought that, and by those people, I mean the little people at your house. Uh, it, <laughs> Uh, just that recognition that the Lord has each of us um, where he wants us. And what I was thinking about is just um, that he's designed us. He's di- designed our personalities that way, uh, that the drive that we have, that the the determination that we have, that that comes from him. Um, so I think placing a little bit more trust in him, a little bit less trust in my feelings for the moment. Mm-hmm. That's just me. That's good. What's new? Oh, okay. Anything new? Yes, this adorable baby. We love this. <laughs> this is such a picture of the amazing working mama. <laughs> okay, nothing new from this table to add. That's okay. That's great. Which table hasn't gone? Did you guys go? Emily, yay! Well, hello. My name is Emily. Um, So we talked about just comparison, and a lot of times when we get by ourselves is when we start comparing ourselves to others, but hearing each other's stories, you get to see each other in a new light and say, hey, this is a fellow mom. She's not the enemy, so to speak, of like, she's working, I'm not, whatever. Um, We also talked about just finding your self-worth in Christ and not in the opinions of others or your ideal of where you should be and what you should be doing. And then just how awesome it was to look at scripture in context and what it says. So we wrote scripture, yay. It was exciting. (laughs) Hi, I'm Mandy. Um, Most of us at this table were not here last week. So Jennifer was getting us all kind of caught up. And we talked generally about 
living the abundant life that God designed us to live, not necessarily the hectic, crazed, working mom life so many of us live. And then we also talked about scripture and um, kind of realizing for the first time the scriptural basis for the working mom or the working woman. And then also um, getting down to the root of the question sometimes, why do I work? Is there something in my reasoning for working that needs to be addressed? That's good. That's a good question. Did everybody go? I think everyone went. Um, okay, so I'm going to bring Dana up here. While Dana is talking, if you have any burning questions you want to ask our panel, you have sticky notes at your table, and you can write stick things on your sticky notes. The second big piece of white paper that you have at your table is for the sticky notes. And after a little bit, probably in the middle of Dana's talk, Meg and I are going to come around and collect those pieces of paper if they have sticky notes, um, just so that we can have some questions ready for our panel. We already have some, but if there's more that we need to add. So this is Dana. I'll let her. Thanks. Hi. Um, in case you, any of you were not here last week, which I heard someone say, I'm Dana Douthit. I'm the Dallas campus representation. Um, I'm a part-time working mom of four kids. I have a seven-year-old daughter, four-year-old boy-girl twins, and a sweet little boy who just turned one. Um, I know, and he's sick tonight, but working mom life. Um, yeah. Oh, they're up here. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Um, my husband, Jeff, and I have been married for almost 10 years, um, and he has been a police officer for almost all of those, except for a little break in the middle. Um, my husband has also always been on night shift for almost all those police years and is currently on the night shift. This has been a major challenge, but we are where we feel deeply called to police work as a family, and this has greatly shaped my working mom journey. I'm an interior designer for a project or and a project manager for a residential remodeling company here in Dallas. I've been a working mom in some capacity since becoming a mom seven years ago. While part-time is my title, my workload is pretty high, and so is my home load. Um, I'm a solo parent four nights a week. My husband is a really good police officer. He loves his job, and even with that love, he stepped away from it two years ago, or for two years, not two years ago, but mostly for me, um, only to find out through a series of crazy events that we were absolutely called to police work. So we went back. Um, we knew that we wanted to live close to him and that we hoped and prayed to have four kids. All these things on a police officer budget in Dallas would not be possible, but we trusted the Lord and prayed through each of the steps, and here we are. Four kids, 10 years into marriage, 10 years into police work, and seven years into being a working family. It's been a bumpy road. Painful moments, days of needing God in the deepest ways I've ever experienced, but also sweetness in walking his path and drinking from the cup he poured for me, the cup I definitely would not have poured for myself. Um, I have a major heart for this conversation we're having tonight, and through my own experience, I'm gonna kind of walk you guys through a decision guide um, for people who are considering walking, working outside the home, um, who have the choice. This discussion is for working moms wherever you're at, um, but we acknowledge that everybody is in a different place here tonight. Some of you have never thought about anything else but working and don't really know if you have another option. Um, some of you are planning to work simply because you assume you have to. Um, some of you are praying that the stirring that you feel to work will stop. 
some of you are here and the idea of choice is laughable. Um, so we recognize everybody where they're at and we just wanna welcome a conversation with the biblical framework versus the cultural one that often is pounding in our heads. Um, so if you have the choice, here are five things to consider about working outside the home. Why, who, how, how long, and then are we thriving is what we'll cover next, but we'll start with these. Um, first off, why am I considering work outside the home? Do you feel a deep calling from the Lord to use your gifts in a way that you're not currently doing? Is it the kind of thing that maybe is keeping you awake at night? Um, is your family strapped financially and they, you need your income to make some monthly needs work? Do you never see your spouse? And if you had some sort of extra work, this might change your family dynamic in a good way. All of these for us have been true at different times. I definitely feel like the Lord has wired me to work and enjoy it. And I love having other things going on and sometimes have too many things going on. Um, but also we have often needed my income pretty much always for family needs, monthly needs as well. Um, and we both decided early on that we wanted my husband to be a true part of my kid's life. And in order to do that, us both working made sense so that he could be a co-parent and not just somebody they saw on occasion. Um, Proverbs 31, 15, and 17. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. I love the Proverbs 31 women and just that God gives us examples throughout the Bible of strong women who love their families and work hard to provide for them. It's just a good reminder that we can do hard things. The next question is, who have you shared this with? Um, have you talked about it with your husband? Does your community know? Have you brought family and friends in who might have to provide extra help for your family? Um, have you thought through who will be your village for this season or for to start work? Um, Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Um, my, my community's here tonight, just so fun. Um, and they have been with, we've been together for seven years, but have seen my husband and I through several different job changes and just been an amazing sounding board to make sure their decisions that we weren't making in isolation that made sense to us, but when we had the other voices in, we could see kind of where the holes or the cracks were in ideas that we thought. So that's my watermark community plug for you right there. Um, and then, so the next question is, how will you manage your household well? Or as I like to say, how will you do all the things? Who will be your trusted childcare? Have you thought through if, if they love Jesus or what, who, who has used them that you know? Um, who will cook? Who will clean? Who will get groceries? Who will pick up the kids? What will you do in the summer? What school things will you choose to be a part of? How will you choose to be a part of what school things? Um, what areas will you need outside help from? And then um, what will you let go of? That's a really big one. Um, all of these, I would say we reevaluate often and kind of check in with each other to see how we're feeling on them. Uh, but just a few things I highly recommend thinking about is using your community and just your good friends and even your family to represent you when you can't be there. Um, 
sometimes for school parties, I have a friend in the class and I'll say, can you be the mom for me today? And I tell my daughter, this is who's gonna be your person today. It's gonna be so fun. They're gonna take pictures. I'm gonna get to see, it'll be great. Community has done things for, the, for us like that. Um, and also I've seen a lot of parents in my kids' class that use grandparents or aunts or uncles. And I just think it's another opportunity to let more people in on your kids' lives and to love them. And then just to not feel the guilt that you're missing out on things. Um, and then for some outsourcing things, we've outsourced cleaning in different seasons, laundry, um, if we can afford it. Currently, we cannot. So we have kind of set up some scenarios that my kids, seven, four, four, and one, well, not the one-year-old, but that they can help a little bit. Um, my bar is low, obviously, but um, it's really good for them to get experience in that. I didn't grow up doing a whole lot of that, and I feel like my world was shocked when I had to do my own laundry. So it's not horrible to get them in on it now. Um, and I think this question can also be a place where you're like, oh my gosh, that's overwhelming to think about all the things. Um, and I just encourage you to take it one step at a time. And remember, we are just encouraging a biblical way of processing all of these decisions, just not thinking you have to do all the things. Um, my next question is how long? Um, I think this is a good spot where you can say, am I holding something so tight with a closed fist or is it a season that I do need to grin and bear it and just get through it? Um, both Katie and, Ma and Meg shared last week different seasons where they've had to grin and bear it. Meg talked about how she woke up at 3.30 in the morning for five years so that she could receive her kids um, at the bus stop at 2 p.m. That has stuck with me majorly this week just because can do hard things for seasons that help our family. Um, and then Katie shared how she was expecting to go into a dream job sooner and now has found out it's going to be a couple more years. Um, I think it also can look like taking a pay cut so that you can be around more or be present for your newborn's early years. Um, it can look like lots of different things, but I just encourage y'all to reevaluate those and not just always think this is the way it has to be, again, with the closed fist. Um, and also if you're like, this is a crazy season, I think it's good to talk through, but it doesn't always mean, crazy doesn't always mean that it's wrong. It just maybe means you need some help or to reevaluate who's doing what. Um, so just a plug there. Um, Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. I love that verse. And it's so helpful just to be reminded that seasons happen. God talks about them. He, he, warned, he prepares us for them. Um, and this just leads to my next kind of set of questions that are about um, if you're already working. Uh, how are you doing with God? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Our love for God must be sincere, not in word and tongue only, and we're supposed to love God more than all of the things. How are you doing at that? How is your work or lack of work helping you with that? I think this is a big question, not just for working moms. I think everybody can answer this question. Um, just a little thing about me. I'm an Enneagram 3 for anybody who loves Enneagram. If I'm the only one, I'll just tell you about it. Um, I'm an achiever, for those of you who don't know it. 
I'm wired to strive. I'm always dreaming and scheming of new things to do. And when my flesh is in the driver's seat, it's always for wrong reasons. I'm achieving for more material things, recognition, myself to be elevated. I'm just achieving for fulfillment outside of Jesus. Um, I've been telling you all that because I have currently, I feel like the Lord, as I've been preparing to talk, has taken me through all of this personally, but just been praying about my work and about changing to full-time or doing something different. And I prayed this prayer for a few weeks. What do you want me to do, God? I will do anything. And I think I was hoping and a little bit expecting for something radical. Uh, Being in a rut, it kind of sounds great to have something totally different. And I feel like he just keeps saying, keep working, Dana, be faithful, help provide for your family financially, and be faithful, do it with joy, keep serving your people, but be faithful. Um, My next question is, how are you doing with your kids? Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You could walk away from this if you're like me, thinking that it has to look this really beautiful way, um, that it's at home and there's a craft and there's coffee and everyone's laughing and happy. Or maybe that is a little bit of what social media makes us think, right? Um, This is not how it looks for my four crazy kids. It is very often in the car. Um, It's singing songs about God. It's talking about why we love God or how we see God and, um, and see how he's working in each of them and why that encourages me. It looks a lot like confessing when I spoke rudely to them or to their dad. It looks like dinners with their dad at 8 p.m. on a weeknight at a Chick-fil-A so that they can see him doing his work. It isn't a craft on a dreamy morning, and if it is for you, that's amazing. But it is not for me, and I just encourage y'all to make it yours and don't have one idea that it has to look like. Um, I also think your kids thriving and doing well in your work situation will not always look like they are completely happy or fulfilled. It will not look like they're the center of the world and that you're sacrificing so that they can have everything or do all the activities. Um, I think it's, or at least I don't think that's what God's telling us here. I think it's showing them that God is the center of our life, even with our work, and that we want Christ to be the the center of our families. Um, Jessica Honiger has a great quote that says, cast vision for your family that your job is a we and not a me. And I think that's not just in work. It's just in, even in areas how we serve. Um, I shared this with some of my table last week, but last week I came with all my kids to help set up. And it had been like a crazy day and we were in the car from one spot to the next. They had Starbucks breakfast dinner, breakfast sandwiches for dinner And I was trying to figure out how I was going to do it all and kind of feeling guilty that I was dragging them to all this. And I hear my seven-year-old in the back telling my four-year-olds what we're doing. And they're like, you guys, mom is helping talk to a hundred women about work. She is so cool. (laughs) And I was like, thank you, Lord, because I was convinced that it was ruining them in those moments. And I just think 
that was a lie I was believing and that I was, and it was a moment to cast vision for our family. And it was recaptured in that moment and I'm thankful for that. Um, lastly, how is your relationship with your husband? How are you pursuing him? How do you each feel with the load you're carrying? Do you feel like you're doing more? Does he need to help more? Do you need to help him more? How are you connecting? Um, we talk every Sunday and when we don't, it is a chaos week if we don't. Um, the way we work is kind of like, who can pick up at these different times? Because my husband works at night. Um, so he has like weird pockets of the day where he can help do school pickups. But um, find a time to have the conversations for the week and know what's going on so that you're not living in that chaos. Um, and I also really recommend putting date nights in, even if it's tight, we have a babysitter every other Sunday and we stick with it because it is super helpful. We can feel like ships passing in the night sometimes if we don't, literally. Um, lastly, are there lies that you're believing that you need to let go of? Do you think you're ruining your kids by working? Do you think that if you were staying home, it would be better? Or do you think that other people look down on you for working? Do you think you have to do all of the things? Are you running ragged and won't let go of something? Is the standard you're setting for yourself from God or from others? Social media, friends who have different lives than you, stay in your own lane. Just like Katie said last week, Satan often gets me into thinking I need to be superwoman and that I'm ruining my kids at the pace we run sometimes. He also has gotten me by making me feel alone in my very own church when I didn't see working moms who looked like me around me. I sat on these feelings and grew in bitterness and my community, moms who do not look exactly like me work-wise, encouraged me to talk, to understand, and since then, this beautiful event has birthed. And I just think this is such a cool thing and just excites me like crazy that we're all here together. But um, I just encourage y'all to remember to celebrate each other. I think some people said that um, and just be the hands and feet of Christ. It's beautiful. Um, I wanna point out a few things at your tables, the, the bubble chart that you guys can all take home that has more scriptures than what I just talked about, um, just about processing this decision and you know, take that home and share that with your community, your husband, your friends. Um, we also have a resource sheet at the tables that's just kind of more for fun, um, podcast books and some articles that we have found that we wanted to share with you guys. Um, but now I would like to invite our panel up. Super excited about this. So all my panel ladies. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> I wasn't gonna sing, so I appreciate it being out there. I'm gonna grab this really fast while they're getting settled. I wanted to tell you a little bit about the resource list on the bottom. One of the things that we didn't mention last week and I did wanna to mention today, the developmental needs of children. There's a couple of resources. There's so much stuff out there. One of the great things about living in our day and age is we know so much from research and science, how little humans are formed, how we women think and how we're different from our husbands. And there's some really good resources that help us realize really it is very much the mom that God wired to care about the emotional and physical 
and social needs of our kids. I mean, when the toddlers fall, it's mom who is scooping them up and going, oh, poor baby. And dad's like, yeah, brush it off. You're fine. You know, and so that's one of the things I just want to encourage each of you women to know. What are the developmental needs of the children at each stage? And that's why a lot of times there's a big emphasis to say, hey, if you can stay home when your baby is an infant, like zero through three, we have so much research that tells us how their little brains are formed and the attachments are formed at that time that's so critical for their development. And like, if you don't even know that, you don't, you don't know what to look for. So if you are able to stay home, that's why that age is so great and fun to do it. But if you can't, it's not shame and guilt. It's just to say, hey, pay attention to the needs at that age and who is caring for your child and partner with them to make sure that the proper attachments, their needs are being met. And then like the... Um, one of these is uh, spiritual needs. Uh, Awana has done a book called How to Raise a Modern Day Joseph. And at each age, like zero to five and elementary and middle school, like how they're developing and what they're like and what you can do with them spiritually to teach them. So I just want to encourage you guys to look at those things and make that important as part of managing your household well and just embrace that part of femininity and motherhood that's wonderful because we are the ones who care about our kids and think and worry about them no matter what we're doing. So that's that's my plug for the resources. Thank you. Okay, so we're first going to have each of them say who they are, who they're married to, how long they've been married, um, introduce their kids, what their work is, and their biggest struggle in the working mom life. And we're going to start with Bobby. Hey, guys. Um, is this on? No? It will be on. On now. There you yeah, go. There we go. Hi, I'm Bobby Hutchison. Um, I'm married to Justin. We just celebrated 13 years on Monday. Um, so it feels like a really long time, but super fun too. Um, we have four little ones. Um, Jude is eight, Lola is seven, and Lucy and Nora are three and a half year old twins. Um, so they keep us really busy. And guys, we have not had a family picture in a really long time. Um, so you get our sweaty Fourth of July picture instead. Um, I am a part-time working mom. I feel like it's a little more than part-time, um, but it's definitely not full-time. I am a chiropractor, and I work for the state and do workers' comp exams. So I travel a lot. Um, most of my trips are day trips, um, but it looks like waking up at 3.30 to catch a 5, 5.30 or 6 o'clock flight and then not getting home until after dinner um, a couple days a week. So I really love what I do, um, and... Um, I love being a mom, too. It's, it's just a really good um, situation for us right now. Well, was that just a, what's your biggest struggle? Oh, yeah. Okay. The biggest struggle is just that time, that time piece. Um, since I travel a lot, I don't always get to pick the days that I travel, and I don't need full-time childcare for my kids. And so the biggest piece for me is just um, finding that care for my kids. Um, they are in school. My little ones are in school. Um, two days a week, but it sometimes means me asking friends and reaching out to community and just being fully um, vulnerable with people about what my needs are. Um, I think sometimes it's hard to ask for help, um, especially when it, you, it, it looks like other people have it all together. And so I think the biggest struggle for me as a working mom is just being fully vulnerable and showing my weaknesses and saying, hey, I need help here. Um, can you help me? Can you pick up my kids? Um, can you get them some dinner? Um, so, yeah, just just managing the child care. Missy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Missy Richardson, and I don't see my picture yet, but I am married. There we go. There. 
I'm married to Kyle Richardson, and um, if you go to Watermark Dallas, you might recognize him some. He sings sometimes. Um, he's starting to sing more, so we're all excited. Um, <laughs> I'm also, if you're, if you know Johnny and Chachi from Watermark, I'm Johnny's sister. Um, I don't know if that's good. She's kind but of a I'm, celebrity here. Yeah, so. I'm totally a celebrity. <laughs> um, and I have four kids. I have Lainey, who's 15, Rhody, who is 13, Bo is 12, and Hank is nine. Um, right now, I'm a realtor, and so call me um, if you need yeah. a house. <laughs> and I did interior design. I kind of do both, really. And um, so I'm a, a full-time, part-time. I mean, it depends on the day and the week. Um, definitely not full-time, like nine to five. Um, so I love the flexibility of that. It's, uh, I have the same issue that you do, that childcare is very, some days I need it, some days I don't. And, um, I like that flexibility of schedule, but that's makes childcare hard. Now I have two kids that should be responsible enough to take care of each other. I mean, the, the older two, so that I'm at a, different life stage than a lot of you are and it's I couldn't I can't believe I'm here it seemed like it took forever but um uh but asking for help and all of that and not knowing my schedule that's just the hardest part uh hello hello. Uh, my name is Shara O'Neill um I'm gonna continue with the sweaty summer fourth of July pictures (laughs) um and four children um we have four kids. Our oldest is not the tallest on there. Um, she's the one in the middle. Her name is Maggie. She's 17. And then Sailor's the tall one. She's 15. And then our son is 13. And our youngest is 10. And I'm married to Trey. And we are both teachers. And he coaches. And um, I stayed home until our youngest went to kindergarten. Um, I kind of coupon clipped and um, pinched pennies and I tutored and just did a lot of things on the side just to make it work. It was just a priority for us where we felt God leading us at the time. Um, And then I jumped into the corporate world and um, just as I had to say no to so much with my kids, felt God pulling us somewhere else. So got into teaching and um, God has directed our paths in a lot of different ways that way. But um, I think, did I miss any of the questions? No, okay. Um, Biggest challenge, I think that it has been um, just fully trusting where God has me at the time um, over seeing what I'm missing out. It's so easy to, to focus on that. And I think maybe having had stayed home and, and getting to experience some of that stuff, although you still say no to things when you stay home, it's easy to think that stay-at-home moms have all the time in the world and they still have to prioritize. Um, but I think that that's been the hardest thing is just my journey over the past five years of understanding that this is where God has me right now and he's been so good, and he's been so faithful, and he knew that I wasn't going to make that Valentine's party, but he knew he'd also provide another time to um, to be able to invest in my kids, but I haven't always handled that the best mentally and emotionally, So, but he's been very faithful. Hi, I'm Gina Joyce. Um, 
I'm 51 years old. You'll see why I'm telling you that. Um, my husband, Frank Joyce, is 59 years old. This is our first marriage. We've been married since 2004. We are uh, mother and father to Kate, who is my tallest one, now taller than I am. She's 14. And Emma, my 11-year-old, who is there with her sweatshirt on her head. Uh, this is the JDRF walk. Um, she's my type 1 uh, celiac baby. Um, all that to say, um, the first five years... Okay, sorry. I am a registered interior designer, and um, I own a company that does hotels and resorts and restaurants. And um, I love what I do, so it doesn't feel like a job. Um, my husband very quickly realized when we met, I was traveling to Greece uh, for one of my projects, and he was looking after my cat, that we needed to talk about what life was going to look like if we were going to get serious. Um, I have been very, very fortunate that my husband, um, for the first five years of our marriage, our struggle was balance, uh, prioritizing the family, mostly prioritizing my husband over the kids. The kids just kind of were great, and Frank and I, in the first five years, had to figure out how to be married when you're 43 and 37 and doing this for the first time. And so thanks to re-engage, that's my plug. Great. Um, <laughs> the second five years, uh, I call it the crash of all things. Um, this is the re-engage moment. This is where we have to learn how to let go of self and, and put the hula hoop around us. And then the third five years uh, was a is a collective effort right now, trying to become that unbreakable division, the struggle of showing your kids, we love each other and we're on this whole team together. So you're grounded. Um, <laughs> so those are, those are my struggles. Love, love the breakdown. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask Bobby this one. What does balance look like for you? Do you feel the heavy weight in that? Do you have balance? Is it an achievable thing? Talk to us about balance. Um, oops, am I on again? Okay. Um, yeah, balance. I think that is just a word that we use to punish ourselves sometimes. I don't think that you can really um, have, have balance in what the world says. Um, I think that it's just all about expectations. I do feel like I have found a balance for our family, but my balance doesn't look like your balance, and it shouldn't. Um, I do wake up early. That's when I can go work out. Um, I wake up at 4.30, and I work out at 5. I get home and make all of our lunches and, you know, get everything done before my kids even wake up. Um, and that feeds my personal time. That's where I feel energized. And then I can kind of cross that off the list for the day and focus on work and kids and husband. Um, I think with, with balance, it's just all about expectations. If we set expectations for ourselves that are really high, then we're always going to feel like we're, we're failing. Um, just setting expectations that are attainable. Um, and then that's just kind of where community, like reaching out to your friends, community, letting other people carry your burdens. I know I'm always happy to carry other people's burdens. I'm happy to pick up my friend's kids from school when I'm not working. I'm happy to... Um, you know, have, have kids come play with my kids at my house. When kids are at my house, my kids 
play and they don't whine and aren't holding onto my leg. Um, so I'm happy to do that for others. And so feeling the freedom to ask for help. And so I feel like that gives me some balance. Also, my husband and I um, really try to have that date night. Um, and sometimes that's a fire on the back porch after the kids go to bed um, because it's not always financially um, feasible for us to have date night. Um, but on a Tuesday night at 8.30, we can sit on the back porch and, and talk. Um, so just making things work in the nooks and crannies. Um, and then I, I really highly prioritize my sleep. If I don't sleep, then no one's happy at my house. Um, and so that, that means that, you know, I have to get, make sure I'm getting my things done before 10 o'clock. If I'm not in bed, then um, everyone's a grump the next morning. So I love that. Thanks. That's some great stuff. Um, do either anybody else want to add to that? No pressure. Just don't want to cut you off. Um, okay, I'm going to ask Gina this one. What are creative ways you prioritize your marriage and your busy schedule, and how do you prioritize your kids and their activities? First of all, um, I feel bad because I only have two kids, and everybody else has Don't four. feel bad. <laughs> I didn't get the memo. You're good. Yeah, um, there's more out. Everybody yeah. has lots of th- different kids yeah. in here, okay. right? Twos. Raise good. your hands. Yeah. We've got a lot of twos. Power. It was crazy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't going to have a a third one after 40. So um, prioritizing my husband, you know, he loves being tag along. And so I go to at least three conferences a year, um, and he loves being my, as he calls, arm candy. Um, And so, which means that he is in the room um, my husband's a reader, a researcher. He's in financial, uh, commercial mortgage. Uh, the guy just loves to read. He loves to sit and add numbers, all that kind of stuff. I don't. And so I go to my conference, and then um, they're usually multiple days. And so then in the evening, we have time alone, and it just seems like time stands still. We definitely will not have a problem being empty nesters. Um, as far as uh, prioritizing him on a normal basis, um, we're in a unusual situation where my husband left his job two years ago, and so I'm the breadwinner, and um, we are making our way through this. Um, he's kind of a better wife than I am, and and so... I've never had a pickup after him, but I do know that it's very, very important for me to say, you know what, I just couldn't figure out this invoice, or I couldn't figure out these taxes, or like making him feel important, which really the truth was I really didn't know the answer, but including him on business decisions, staffing decisions, um, we uh, increased a footprint of our office recently and and letting him do all the due diligence of should we stay in this office or or look out so utilizing his god-given skills and um, and asking him to pray for me to be a better wife and and so we do get that margin of about 30 minutes before I leave to pray together um, before I head to the office and he stays home. Um, it's not of his choice. He needs a bilateral knee replacement, so he's not exactly in the best spirits at all times. As far as prioritizing the kids, um, I was a stay-at-home mom for two years when the economy tanked, 
and I just was so blessed by a call from a previous client. Um, I've done 11 renovations at this one hotel in San Diego and, and just, um, went for it and everything. And he says, we'll make it work, you know, all this stuff. And so, um, honestly, the prioritization of the kids is, is, um, I am the room mom because Emma's the type one in the celiac. And I only do that because I want to make sure she has something at the parties and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I am the one that goes to camp, the, you know, the, the adventure camp. I am the one that shows up to do career day, the, the, this, I don't show up to do the folders and the filing and the, you know, they're at the age where I kind of have to take, you know, hang back. Um, but prioritizing them mostly, we have yet to experience the, mom, you're so weird. We have Klingons, you know, those, like the, we should have gotten a one-bedroom apartment because we can't get rid of our kids. And so they come in, and we have a king-size bed, and everybody wants to fit on the bed. And mind you, that is a sacred bed. It is time to push them away. But my point being, when they want to talk, I just stop everything. And when I'm home, I'm home. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're losing much when I can't be there for the, uh, the, what's it, what is it? The book, book show, the book, book fair. Book fair. <laughs> I have enough books. <laughs> I have enough. Did y'all see the eye roll? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My kids get the toys at the book fair. They don't even get books. Uh, ah! My son no. got a poster of a purple <laughs> Lamborghini. <laughs> That's good. That's helpful for their scholastic journey there. (laughs) Oh, that's great, Gina. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Okay, Shara, has the stay-at-home mom world been hard for you, especially since you've transitioned out of that, and how do you or have you handled it? So this is probably the most convicting question on the list this year for me, Um, which means there may be tears coming up. Um, I, it really didn't affect me, I think, because I thought, okay, I did that. My time with that is done. And I could see, kind of like I said before, you had to say um, yes or no when you stayed home, just like you do when you work. It may be different yeses and nos. Um, but this year it hit me because I saw some of my good stay-at-home mom friends getting to do things I wanted to do. Um, and good things like Bible study. Um, And so God really had to work on my heart in that way in that I had to wrestle with that and try to understand what was my motivation. Was I jealous? Was I um, just upset that they all got to hang out and study God's word and I didn't? Um, Or was it from a good place? Was I just missing something good that in this season of life that was not God's provision to me Um, and had to take it back to scripture with that, that God doesn't give us um, jealousy. He doesn't give us um, a discontentment um, that is going to cause us to sin. He doesn't give us those things. And so um, I had to look at it from the, the point of view of, 
God has given me this time right now, and this time is to shepherd my kids in a time I thought I was going to go to Bible study. And that's okay. What a gift. Um, what a gift that I got to see my son play on Thursday nights or, you know, whatever it is for each of us. Um, but this has been a harder season for that because I saw other people do things I really wanted to be a part of. Um, but again, just resting in God's plan for our family and for me and and having full confidence that I'm exactly where he wants me and just resting on that when the sin of jealousy and the sin of um, discontentment, which isn't always a sin necessarily, but in this case it was for me, um, when that crept in, just having to understand this is where God has me and it's good. I love that. I mean, I love that you went back to scripture with that too. That's so great. I'm going to take that. Um, that's so great. Did anybody else want to add to that? What was the, what's the question? Just how you handle. <laughs> oh. I love what you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, how's how's the stay at home mom world been, and how do you or have you handled it? Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, uh, I was I did something similar. I stayed home. I mean, I always had a few side hustles, um, like Dana. Nobody's got more hustle. than her. Um, so I felt like I was working and stuff, but I do remember, I think that's just hard if you transition that longing for what you consider to be good mm-hmm. things like Bible study or being with your kids. And I, I just caught on to that because, um, that has been a hard thing. I remember, you know, you have these weird memories when I had all these preschoolers driving in the same minivan I still drive and, um, <laughs> seeing some older moms walking, like just on a long walk by themselves. Um, I guess they had probably taken their high school or their high school kids had gone on. And I remember like, I am going to be there one day. And, um, and now I have kids that are all in school, but I'm not walking (laughs) 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 because life didn't turn out how I thought it was going to. And, um, in a lot of good ways, but some hard ways and letting go of um, a lot of things. I mean, we've talked about expectations. Uh, That's everything. What you expect your life to be, what you expect your job, your husband, Mm -hmm. your marriage, your children. Um, I I feel like that's what I'm having to turn over to the Lord like all the time. And I do it well sometimes and I fail. And that's usually when I'm pretty not doing so great. So can I add something on that? Yes. Um, I was in a conversation about this very topic um, earlier this week, and a lot of it is just setting up boundaries for yourself before you even get the feeling. Um, and for me, it's social media. Like, I just have to not be on it. Um, I have social media, and I post cute pictures of my kids, but I can't, I can't sit there because that breeds that bitterness mm-hmm. and discontentment um, when I'm perfectly happy doing what I'm doing until I see someone else having more fun than me. Um, and so setting those boundaries, if it's social media or if it's the Hallmark movies um, where everyone is so happy. Um, <laughs> but if things are breeding discontentment in you, then they're not worth it. They're, yeah. not, worth, they're not worth your time. Um, but I was super convicted on that this yeah. week. So yeah. just yeah. boundaries. So yeah. I love that. Just thinking on things that are true. It's good. Anybody else? 
love that. Y'all are giving me good stuff. Um, okay, our next question is, when your kids have a hard time with you missing things, how do you handle their disappointment? And anyone can speak on this, but I'm going to ask Gina to start us off. So with our scenario with my husband being a stay-at-home dad, um, my kids um, are very direct. We have four leaders living in a house that nobody wants to follow. And um, I have very, uh, my kids are smarter than I am. My youngest is very heady and she has understood uh, sarcasm since an early age. And um, so the disappointment of not making things, um, there's a saying in our houses, it used to be daddy makes big bacon, mommy makes just small bacon, but the little bacon was made for vacations. Well, she has kind of circled back thinking, so where's the bacon coming from now, you know, um, because mom only makes big ba- or small bacon. So I went back, um, and what I've been trying, because there's a scenario right now where um, our youngest is in counseling for various reasons of her chronic illnesses, but mostly she disrespects her dad right now. She does not respect him. And so I've read this to him, or excuse me, to her, and you know it, a wife of a noble character who cannot find. She is worth more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her, lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Emma, that's all the days. She selects wool and flax, and she works with eager hands. She is like the she is like merchant ships bringing food from afar, hotels, motels, Holiday Inn. She is gets up while it is still night, oh dark thirty. She provides food for her family. She and portions for her female servants. I ain't got any. She considers a field and buys it or a client. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard or selects a chair. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. If not, you're getting a spanking. She sees that her trading is profitable. If not, we have no bacon. And the lamp does not go out at night. Oh, yes, it does. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers, or as Emma says, my ruler and my pencil. I'm an old school drafter. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. This is the paragraph that she actually says, Mommy, you always tend to employ women who have children because I think you can eat your cake, have your cake and eat it too. Um, when it snows, Lord hopes it snows, as she says. She has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She, mine are all clothed in orange because they have orange hair. Um, she makes covering for the bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Yeah, yeah, that's our favorite color. Her husband is respected at the gate. Is he? Yes. Um, it goes on to say, talking about, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction on her tongue. And this happens to be the, um, 
the subject matter that's going on with Sister's small group in Wake of how we use our tongue. Is it positive, pure, or productive? So long or the short of it, we all know, you know, but like I said to Emma at the very end, charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting. She doesn't crave to be beautiful because she is a um, tomboy. Um, but a woman, that is you because you have nothing that tells me that you are a man, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. And she says, I know, I know, and lives a longer life. She gets it. And so the, the point is she has this, she has me on a pedestal and I wanted to knock it out. I wanted to tell her that God is a God of order. Our husbands are head of the household and mommy's just here to support at this time. So she has this, I don't know if I'm going off on a rabbit trail, but most likely this uh, strange vision understanding but the point is is right now is kind of redirecting her that um mommy is doing this out of necessity not because i'm better than daddy so i don't i don't i know i went off on a, a rabbit trail but i felt really when you asked me that question it yeah. just really yeah. that came to my head and my heart yeah y'all are having conversations about it it's great way to use some scripture with her let her have her own sarcasm. Yeah. But understanding what yeah. it is. Um, does anybody else want to add to that? This is a question about missing your kids' stuff. Yeah, and how they handle the disappointment. Um, yeah. Whoops. That's, my notes are done. As you can see it later. <laughs> um, I thank you. I, within our family, I mean, it just happens. It's notable with four kids and two working parents. Stuff is going to get missed more than likely balls are going to get dropped. Um, and I think it's all the deposits before that happens that makes those a lot more bearable. And then follow-up. My my husband is a health nut. I mean, like, major health nut, and I'm major not. And so um, I... I take my kids for ice cream, and that's our time that we, they know I'm going to fire them with questions about how their day was and how the thing that I missed was, and, um, but it's our time that we have together, and they know that that ice cream comes with strings attached, and they still want it, um, but all those times, whether I missed something or we just, we have 30 minutes and we can make the best of it. I know when I stayed home, like going to the grocery store alone was like the biggest gift in the world. Um, I don't leave my house alone anymore, and that's the best gift in the world too. So um, putting in the time ahead of time so that those disappointments for both of us aren't quite as harsh. That's great. Yeah. For us, it's kind of goes back to the expectations. I know for me, when my expectations aren't met, then I'm really disappointed and so when I know that I'm going to miss something, I communicate it. When I know that I can't be there, I communicate it. Um, and there are still going to be times when the ball gets dropped and they think I'm going to be somewhere and I'm not, and that's when the follow-up is good. But um, I found that when we talk about it, they, they really do get it. I mean, they know that I love my job and they know that their daddy loves their, his job um, and that we just can't be at all the places. And I think, too, with, with having four kids, they, they understand that they don't get to be the center of the world all the time. Um, so just really communicating with them. They can handle a lot more than what I give them credit 
Um, so just telling them this, this afternoon, though I did tell my children I wasn't going to be at the turkey trot today. I had two crying kids walk into my car because I missed a turkey trot. But we had really good conversations. Friends sent pictures. I was able to show them the pictures. I was able to tell them that I already knew all about it, um, which just made them feel loved because I was talking about them when they weren't around. And so kind of looping back around, hey, I thought about you today when you weren't with me. And I didn't get to come watch you run, but you were top of mind. Um, just that follow-up. Yeah. And I like that that's just how you do all the things with your kids. looks different than others, but those are practical ways to do it. That's great. Were you going to add something, Missy? No, that just reminded me. I have a, I had a, I have a friend that has two kids, and, um, and they, one of their priorities is that, like, they all go to all the things, like all the soccer games. And uh, I, I remember talking to her, like, so both parents and the sibling go to all soccer games. I mean, just logistically, that's impossible with a bigger family, but also sometimes smaller family, but working. And I mean, I think that's really, it was sweet, but I was kind of grateful that our kids are, because her kids were devastated then when somebody couldn't come, mm-hmm. you know, because that was, but I mean, it's sweet. Don't give me, if y'all do that, that's great. But, um, but that our kids... Uh, they're used to us coming when we can, knowing we love them, um, talking about it. And also, I would call my brothers, my parents, my best friend, anyone. If it was super important, then yeah, we make sure somebody's there. Letting other people love on them. Yeah. It's great. Love it. Um, do we have any other questions that we want to? Do you want to? I mean, we can go on to some other ones. I just want to make sure we I've got did. one more thing to say about that real quick. Oh, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, somebody once told me, kind of in a similar um, two-parent um, working family, um, they had a saying in their family that we've st- stuck in ours and say often is, um, we can do anything, but we can't do everything. And so reminding our family that, um, and, and sometimes even it's like we can have anything, you know, within reasonable boundaries, but we can't have everything, um, helps us all prioritize, understand that, man, we get to do some awesome things, and we get to be awesome things, and we get to be a part of each other's lives, but it's okay that we can't do everything. Yeah, and just having the gratitude conversation. Yeah, I love that. Great. Okay, we had a couple of questions from these guys, Um, so I'll Um, answer it. And then if anybody wants to jump in, that'd be awesome. But um, a really good question. um, They're all good questions, but what are some practical ways to make sure my husband is getting enough of my attention physically when I'm so tired and busy? This one made me laugh because we have a lot of inside jokes that I cannot share because my husband would be mortified if I did. Um, But we had to get really creative (laughs) in terms of, you know, timing of when can we both have energy for each other? Um, And one of the big lines in our house was there was a moment of crisis one time where it wasn't going well. I was not meeting his needs physically. And like, I literally, and he made some sort of advance at like 11 o'clock at night when I was supposed to be asleep at 10. And I looked at him and I'm like, this has to happen by 9.30. (laughs) If this is going to happen anymore, I don't know what else to see. Amen, amen. And so the big joke in our house has remained for 20 years. Did I not tell you 9.30? (laughs) Um, 
I know we laugh, but I was, in all honesty, like he didn't get that. I was like, there's a window where I don't even think I can think or say your name or function. Um, so like, let's figure out ways that we can go to bed early. Cause the thing was that he expected to stay up late and I could just stay up late. And I had to say, you need to come to bed with me, which means the kids have to be in bed earlier, which was always the struggle at our house. We were so terrible at getting the kids to bed early. It was difficult. So we had to work with at that. Um, and to, we scheduled physical time together. I know that sounds crazy, but like we put it on the calendar, like, okay, Wednesday's our night, you know, and that sounds horrible. But I'm seriously, it had to be scheduled. Um, the other thing we did was we had a little, um, we went to a marriage conference one time that they gave us like a little thing, you, a little sign that you hang on the door. I think some people had cut out some felt things and it had a heart or something and you hang it on your door and they suggested, it was great. They're like, hey, you need to teach your kids that there's time that mom and dad need to be in the bedroom alone. Now, if they're two, that's a little difficult, but you know, by the time they're five and six and they can be watching a movie or they can be in their rooms for na you know, nap time, I'm talking Sunday after church or Friday after dinner or like times that we're still fun, I'm still awake, you know? Um, he was always awake. Um, you know, you hang something on the door and be okay and set the environment that, hey, mom and dad need to be together. They don't need to know what you're doing. And we did talk a lot. We would have times where we would just catch up and we're like, if that sign is on the door, you leave us alone. We would see fingers coming under the door. We would hear people banging and then there would be consequences for that. But um, we, <laughs> we had to get very creative. And there are other funny things that we did that you don't need to know. <laughs> but be creative. We, um, when the kids were little, we would uh, come home from church on Sunday. And let's just face it, ladies, that's the only time we're awake, okay? And so we would tell the girls, uh, I think Kate was probably six and Emma was three, um, okay, everybody has to go and sit on their bed because mom and dad have to count the money. <laughs> and so... Um, we would close the door, and it, to me, in this season, it would be a lot easier to make that time with a small kid than it is right now where I can't get them out of my room. Um, but if I put a sign on my door right now, oh, girlfriend, um, because both of them are really aware of that, but I can't agree more, is that if if he's a late nighter and you're an early morning, you gotta, you gotta make it work because there is nothing that makes a man feel more important yeah. than when you prioritize that. Cause yeah. we can all go 50 years without, yeah. you know, yeah. so. Yeah, honestly. And that, that was the realization I had where I was just kind of ignoring him in that way. And we had like a moment of crisis where he just looked at me and he's like, I just feel like you don't love me anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did not understand this. So well, to, yeah. to get real personal, uh, because he's confessed this openly, um, I needed to make sure that his uh, bucket was full because he would trail off and he has struggled with pornography, and I would get jealous. So um, it, it's real. I mean, they need that reassurance. Yeah, and being tired is not an excuse to not give him the meet the physical needs. It just means you have to get more creative of when it's going to work for both of you. So, and you have to ask him to, you know, come to bed early or something. I don't can know. I, can I say something? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, this may be TMI, but I feel like it's always TMI around here. Um, <laughs> yeah, the door's been open. Um, just, I mean, there's times for things to go a little quicker, you know, so during the week, 
uh, just telling y'all how it goes in our house currently and for the past 10 years. But um, I'm, I'm the night owl. And so he's, he gets up super early and it's kind of like, all right, let's get it done. We still love each other. And this is, this is out of our love. It's not like it's, you know, not meaningful. Um, and then on the weekends, we catch up more. If you know what I mean. Yeah. We call those quickies. You want a quickie? Okay. I was trying not to say quickie in church, mate. Come on. <laughs> but if you went there, yes. Transparency. He I was doesn't trying to care. have gentle transparency. <laughs> okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, for me, it's more of a, I, I don't really count the days in between. I lose track of time. I'm like, well, we, yeah, we just did. Um, he's like, it's been a week. Um, but we have a cup on our bed that we put marbles in. And so it's just a visual reminder. We dump them at the end of the week. Um, and it just makes me aware. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't ever get full, guys. Um, but but, it, but it's a visual. And I think that just having that, like, visual how, how reminder. How big are your marbles? <laughs> What's that? I said, how big are your marbles? Oh, they're, they're, they're big marbles, guys. How big's the um, cup? It's getting hot. Yeah. But just a visual for me. I just, it's not on my mind as much as it is on his. And so That's a visual so for me is just good. That's so good. I love that. I love it. That's good. Okay. Got to work at it, ladies. Um, okay. This one says, Meg mentioned last week for many years she woke up very early. What are some ways you suggest to get used to waking earlier? Um, and are your kids sleeping through the night? Um, so part of that deal, I was a morning person, so getting up early was a blessing to me, kind of like you had said, you know, like I, I could manage to get up earlier. It wasn't hard, even if I just had five hours of sleep or something like that. Um, my problem was at the end of the night, which is why I was like 9.30, you know, because I wore out so fast in the evening. And so um, one of the things that I... Um, we just had to do a lot with our kids to get them to stay in their bed. Our, our problem at night was our kids forever, like till they were 10, kept coming into our room in the middle of the night. And so we brought, I brought, it was me, I bribed them with ice cream. If you can stay in your bed for two nights, we'll go across the street for Dairy Queen, you know, and we had to do a lot of those sorts of things of just training them and working with them. Um, because I did just have to function in those seasons with less sleep. It's kind of like when you're pregnant. Like, who sleeps when you're pregnant? You know, you just don't. And somehow the Lord gave me grace to just get less sleep. I'm a person who needs my eight hours to feel great. I never got it in those years. Um, and so there was Sunday afternoon naps. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering the question, you know, what are ways you suggest to get used to waking up early? It was about consistency. You couldn't do that and stay up till midnight. It was just like, you've got it. You're like, you have to put yourself to bed like a toddler. Mommy needs to go to bed now, you know, um, and just be really consistent with it. Catch up when you can and just communicate, communicate and make it teamwork. Hey, it's teamwork. And if we can do this, then we'll, here's the reward. We did a lot of reward systems that way too. So I don't know if anybody else has any other brilliant ideas but um, I think give yourself rewards too for doing it. Yes, more I sleep mean, on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, or just in the morning, things yeah. that you like. Like if you yeah. get up and do this, yeah. you get this. I'm a big coffee person. It was like me and the coffee and the Lord for a couple of minutes, and then it was boom, going, you know. So. Yeah, I would get up. I get up every morning 99% um, of the time at 6 a.m. My kids don't have to be up till about 10 to 7, 7 o'clock. Um, I really feel as though when you get up in the morning and it does take 
while, 21 days to make a habit. But if you're doing all your housekeeping in the morning with the Lord and you're just kind of coming to him with everything that you need, when you get to the end of the day, like I am myself too, 10 o'clock, I'm clocked out. I'm off the job. Um, it, It just, your brain and your wherewithal is there and you're wide awake for the kids so that you can find yourself that is that special moment that you're completely intentionally focused on them and then you're not all rushing around. Um, so it's it's a very good habit, I think, in the, that you would be praised for. You'll, you'll find your own praise through by spending time with God first. Yeah. But, you know, for those of you who have babies and you're not sleeping much. This isn't for you. You need to sleep when you can sleep. And um, so be patient. You'll have a time at some point when they will sleep maybe more. Right. And then the last one I had here, um, what are some factors you considered or resources when trying to figure out how much quality time your kids need from you, needed from you? Um, Your kids need way more quality time than you realize. I mean, that's the thing. Um, Quantity and quality, they need it both. And so we don't want to listen to the voices of the culture that say, oh, it's okay, it's a little time. It's, you know, you've got to rearrange your schedule to be with them as much as you possibly can when you're working so much outside the home. Um, And for us, that looked like um, we, I think, Shara, you said it like, we didn't do anything without the kids. I mean, we would do our date nights when we had a date night. Um, but when we went somewhere, we were always taking them with us. We, we, Tom and I never took, I don't think we took a vacation by ourselves, oh my gosh, till they were like high school or something. We just vacationed together um, when we could get away. We coached their soccer teams or their football teams or whatever so that we could be with them. We were the middle school um, youth leaders for six years in our church because that's where they were and we could be part of them. So we did things together and that increased. So I don't have any resources. I think like the love languages for kids, that was a good one to figure out how do you maximize the time you have with the child and you give to them the love maybe in their language they need. But kids are tricky. They need all of the love languages. You can't really escape any of them. Um, So that was something that we, that was a helpful resource. That's the way we thought about it. We just liked being together. And that's not because everybody was perfect. I mean, half the time they were punching each other and hollering, but we still enjoyed being together. And so we just did, did it all together. Uh, trying to figure out what what rings or resonates resonates with your child. Um, Emma loves responsibility, so we we're painting our house inside, and I love painting, and she's voiced a, an interest, and you know she's eleven. She does a pretty good job, and it's like if I can give her re, uh, responsibility, and we're painting side by side. The next thing we were gonna vlog, and you know. We have conversation where this is this is filling her love bucket. Kate, on the other hand, she wants to run every hour errand in the world with me, side by side. She's a side by side talker. Figuring out what makes them, you know, tick, just like be a study a student of your husband, be a student of your kids. I was going to say something very similar. Just giving that one on one time with the kids too. I, I take Lola with me to the grocery store because we we get to chat a lot. Um, and Jude likes to go out and sweep the back porch with me. You know, just just spending that one-on-one time, as, especially with the four kids, um, and my oldest is a boy and the rest are girls, he can kind of get lost in the crazy of all the girls, 
Um, but just being really intentional with your time. Um, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. It can be five minutes on the back porch, but he feels like he's the most important person in the world for those five minutes, and that fills his bucket. So, I think the one pattern I would say is if you're in a season where you're too tired to figure out how to meet the needs of your husband, and if you're too tired to figure out how to love your children, I'm not saying that doesn't happen in waves, but if it is a constant, systematic thing, you know, try to just step back and look at your schedule and look at anywhere you could let something go. You could... You know, and sometimes financially it's not always possible, but we found just readjusting, I found readjusting in those times, those are the most important things. I mean, you never, ever get to the end of your life and say, I wished I had had more time at the office, or, you know, you always wish for it. So just get creative to try and figure out how to adjust to just ease it a little bit is what I would say. I have a question too. Um, how can we inject, and is it realistic, serving the less fortunate when you have a full-time job, a husband, a commute, laundry, young kids? We're called to do it, and how? Um, this is a really great question. Um, so we're called to do it, but we're not called to do it one way. So maybe serving the less fortunate doesn't mean that you're at a soup kitchen every Saturday morning, but it might mean doing something with your kids on the weekends. It might mean for our family, we sponsor a kid through Mission of Hope Haiti, and we write them letters, and we have her picture on our refrigerator, and we talk about her a lot. Um, it might mean getting together with your community group, and when Watermark does the Christmas boxes where you make little stockings for uh, Watermark Urgent Care, you get together with your community group on a Saturday, and you you go to Target and you buy the stuff in the little dollar spot and you talk to your kids about that. So it doesn't have to look like this overwhelming, burdening, oh, I have to do something every week. Um, but the fact, whoever wrote this, the fact that you're even thinking about it, like that's amazing that you have the brain space to think about that. Um, and just pray that the Lord would give you the opportunities that line up with your schedule and with your giftings. And it doesn't have to look the same way for everybody. So... I only have two kids. They have four. Um, there were seasons and waves. We did the the Samaritan purse, you know, and all this thing. The, but the key is right now, the, the here and the now. Um, I am doing a national charity league with Kate because she's in the seventh grade, and this is community service and all this stuff. And so we have figured out that we enjoy doing eQuest together, which is hippotherapy the horses and the, the children and or, or grown-ups. Long story short, this is our season. Kate and I can share something that has to do with serving someone else outside of our own realm, and then eventually that will be Emma. But when they were kids, we you know quickly went shopping and we put the boxes together and we did this and that. And it doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect. You know, it could be just stopping, you know, when we're with daddy, daddy likes to throw all of our money out the window and give it to the homeless. Um, truth. He, he would, he would give all our money away. And I love that my kids can see that and that it just like, it may not happen every day, but it's like when we um, welcome the opportunity, when it presents itself, that's the perfect time. That's great. I love the reminder that it could be just in the little everyday things. When you see someone in need, when you're with your kids at the grocery store and you're engaging the clerk and you're you're asking them questions about themselves and maybe even starting those faith conversations, letting your kids witness that is huge. Um, so that's great. Yeah. Well, um, serving is really important to me um, or 
and just there's a lot of things that are important around that. But when I my kids were little, I was overwhelmed. I felt like even at Watermark, some of the opportunities were like South Dallas, West Dallas, and all I could think of is I'm going to load them up in the car. I got to have snacks and diapers and stuff, and then one of them's going to fall asleep on the way there, and then we're going to get there, and like it just that just didn't work in our season. Um, so I found something that was about a mile and a half from our house and um, with some refugees that had settled near us. And um, it's turned into like this nine years later, and it's an amazing thing that we still know these families. Um, but I was looking for things closer to home just because that worked. I could do anything for 45 minutes, you know, um, or an hour. That's about all I could do in my kids' attention span. So it's been, um, you know, I'd say just keep your eyes open, keep looking, keep looking for ways to create ways to serve. I know you're overwhelmed, so maybe not right now. But um, I think that is, for parenting, that is one of our top number one things we do in our family. Okay. Yeah, okay. We're way over, unfortunately. Like I said, we could stay here till 10 o'clock and chat. Um, but let's give a round of applause to our panel. I want to talk to them for like forever. That was really great. Thank you guys a lot. Um, we are so excited that y'all have been a part of this for the past two weeks. Um, just to kind of give you a little bit of insight as to um, kind of where we're going from here, this was really just like to see is there a need? Um, how many women are we going to have? We were thinking we might have like 10 women and then there were 100. Um, and so we were a little bit overwhelmed and just amazed at that this is a need. Um, and so going forward, Meg and Dana and I are just going to kind of brainstorm and figure out what we can do to best meet the needs of the working moms at Watermark. Um, and before something official happens, there is a Facebook page if you're on Facebook. I forget the official name of it. It's like Working Moms at Watermark or Working Mamas, Watermark Working Moms. Um, Dana and I will link it on the Nest Facebook pages for you. We really want that to be a place where you can connect with some of the women that you've been talking to. And then if there's something that you need, if you want to grab one of these books on Dana's list and start a book club and go through these books, then do it. If you want to grab people that work downtown Dallas with you and have lunch with them, do it. Um, and so create what you need um, and use the Facebook page to do that. And then just keep your ears out for other opportunities that we might have that would be official watermark things. So thank you guys so much for coming. And we are so blessed to see you all again this week. Um, stay until 9 o'clock. If you have kids in um, training ground, it's open until 9. So make your way out there. But if not, this room is open. So keep chatting. Um, and I'm sure anyone on the panel would love to chat if you have specific questions. So thank you, ladies.